0: Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin Taylor, the doo doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless and civil infrastructure industry, each week I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trenchless, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? let's dive right in well hello and welcome everybody to this week's episode of the doo doo divas smells like money podcast today we are visiting with john moody who is the director of sales for north america for primus line so welcome to the show john
1: thank you very much susan thank you hello to everybody and thanks for having me very excited to be here
0: well me too and the reason that i wanted to have john on the show was that you know, I've been familiar with this brand line for a number of years, but I always, you know, equated it as being a trenchless solution, primarily for pressure lines in gas and water, you know, utilities. But have just, you know, come to find out, learn something new every day, is that this also has some applications for large diameter wastewater lines where there's b- big flow. And so, John, I- I'd like you to kind of, help me to educate the industry who may not be aware of this application and how Primus Line and its technology can be applied for wastewater, its most ideal applications, because as we all know, there's no you know magic bullet, one size fits all, right. and, uh, where it can really shine and help asset owners who may be looking for a solution for an application such as this.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh yeah, absolutely. So um yeah, most of the industry does know us for potable water applications. That's true, raw water, um, you know, those sort of things, high pressure lines. And this product was originally designed for the gas market, right? That was the so we see these very high pressure ratings that we you don't normally need or require in a potable water application. And again, sewer force mains tend to be, and, that, and that's our, that's really our, our primary application in in the in the uh, wastewater market is going to be sewer force mains. Uh, we about five years ago we did uh, some parallel sludge lines uh, at a plant up in Hartford, Connecticut for Hartford MDC. Um, that was uh, during a plant upgrade, and uh, they had several lines that were running under a thickener building and they couldn't be dug up it was just it was impossible and there was too many bends to do with uh conventional cipp lining it just it wasn't really even possible and the downtime was uh you know going to be a significant problem for the plant um so Uh, They couldn't afford an extended period of shutdown. So um, they started talking to us. Uh, We had done a bridge application for the city of Hartford, Hartford MDC um, with uh, this product. And um, when they came to us, we looked at it. So every project that that we look at, whether it's for potable water, whether it's for gas, whether it's for wastewater, still has to go through our engineering process. Mm -hmm. Right. So. So we'll go through the process and most engineers are and I'm sure you're familiar with it too we send out a, a data collection sheet they they fill that out and we we give an evaluation but you know sometimes that's like a 10,000 foot view then comes down to 5,000 as you move along in the process and and so we we keep on redefining and defining the the application to make sure that every single application is going to be successful so Primus line has been around for over 20 years now. Um, we've got over 850 miles of this pipe in the ground worldwide, and there's been zero failures to date, and we we intend to keep it that way. So it's critically important that we get this process done You know, up to the installation and, and all that process is done. In conjunction with our engineering department, so that's that's sort of different about our product. And like you say, there's we don't feel like there's any silver bullet, you know, for for a solution out there. And we certainly don't claim to be that either. But uh, where we do work, we work extremely well, and we can usually save clients uh, a significant amount of money. So um, where we see it is very long runs, uh, multiple bends. Um, which are kind of ideal without a lot of connections. Um, So and that's where sewer force mains make a lot of sense for us. So in the the particular instance, the sludge line in Hartford, there really was no other option. We were an ideal solution. Um, So we were able to get that done in 3 days time between cleaning, lining, installation, put back in service. So they were only down for three days uh, on that line and they were able to internally bypass, but they couldn't have kept that going, you know, uh, that way for long. So, um, in these instances, there's, uh, you know, certain niche applications and then we look at sewer force mains and where does it make sense. So you have pinhole leaks in your line. If you have leaky joints, um, this is... Uh, but you you know you've done a pipe condition assessment and your host pipe is still capable of maintaining the ground load, then we're an ideal solution. Um, so that's that's primarily the, the, the number one application in the wastewater would be the sewer force mains. Of course, anything over bridges, aerial crossings, all those are also ideal applications as well.
0: Well, now, when you were saying that it's flexible and it requires, you know, a very small footprint is now, so we're we're in a little bit, we're going to show a video, an animated video of the actual process, but how does this compare when you were saying with the multiple blends and sealing the joints, does it actually adhere to the walls or is it creating similar to that thought process of a slip lining or CIPP, a pipe within a pipe, if we were to compare it so that people can understand that, everybody understands what that is.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, you know, we can we can oversimplify it a little bit by saying, you know, we, if we use AWWA's classification, you know, we're somewhere between a class three and a class four, right? Because okay. we are handling all of the structural uh, you know um, pressures we're, yeah. we're handling that exterior loading we're not we're not taking that in consideration the host pipe simply becomes a becomes a conduit for our liner in other words once we pull our liner in we in the process is we pull this in it's a it's an advanced form of slip lining we we fold up the liner into a c-shape we tape that up and then we pull it in. We t- you talked about we talked about the l- small footprint. So our pipe comes on a spool. So you're already talking about a reduced carbon footprint when you're talking about the transportation and handling of the pipe because we actually fold it up so there's no wasted space. We're not shipping air, right? We fold it up, we put that on a drum, and the drum can be from three meters wide or one point one and a half meters wide up to 11 meters wide, depending on the application. So again, uh, there's a lot of versatility and flexibility with Primus line as it relates to a specific project. Um, Sometimes it requires a 10-ton winch to pull it in, right? So um, other times it could potentially be pulled in by hand. So we've had actual projects where it was 90 feet in length. And that product was actually pulled in by hand, but you couldn't have gotten physically, you couldn't have gotten any of these other technologies in place because this actually can snake into those spots. We then pull it in place. We inflate it, put our, our end connectors on. And and in the industry you hear the term end seal for other conventional technologies. And we don't, we're not an end seal. Ours is a connector, so the difference between us and other technologies uh, is that we guarantee 100% leak-proof connections from point A to point B, right, from end to end.
0: Well, how are you so, able to do that?
1: So the, real, the, the way we're able to do that is really through our connectors. So we have uh, a, a German standard um, and an ISO standards that we have to conform to. So every single line, the quality control uh, and, and quality assurance that is taken during the manufacturing process is really second to none in the world. Because we actually, as we manufacturing it during the entire process from bringing in the material, um, the pellets that we use for the, the, to, for the polyeth- uh, polyethylene coating on the inside and the outside, all of that is gone through quality assurance, quality control. So all that virgin material is processed it's brought into our extruder um we have a loom that manufactures the the weave for the Kevlar creating the tube and then we have two co-extruders during that process we have these optical sensors that are measuring the thickness circumferentially the whole entire during the whole entire process if anything comes out of spec you know that thousandth of an inch it's gonna stop immediately. We're gonna rectify that problem, rectify that situation, and then we put it go ahead and continue back into back into service. So um it's it's really uh and and when we manufacture it, we take a sample and we do destructive testing on that liner. And so, and that's a requirement that's that that's that part of that standard, especially for gas is we have to document that it's uploaded to a secure cloud and and can be accessed by the German government for verification and it's videotape. so we do destructive testing we use our end connectors with the liner and we test that uh, to failure and the light the liner will fail every single time before the connectors and that's an important distinction because that's the number one area where you have problems with uh conventional rehabilitation methodologies is where it connects back to the host pipe right so and that's the difference the distinction is we're not sealing the ends we're connecting it back to the host pipe as a transition and and when i show you the video i'll I'll sort of go into that a little bit more
0: okay well then you know since you did that i'm trying to wrap my head around and, and visualize this so why don't you go ahead you have share screen capability why don't you go ahead and uh take us through that video and explain what's going on on the screen for those of us who are just tuning in sound only.
1: Sure. So this is a, a typical application. It might be a, uh, you know, a siphon, uh, sewer siphon, for example, um, going underneath the river and you're going to have multiple, typically you have multiple 45 degree bends to have that line traverse underneath the river. And so you're seeing sort of a three-dimensional sort of cutaway of what that looks like. So you've got a 30-degree bend coming up to the, to the line. So you have vertical and horizontal bends. So a real challenge for a lot of, you know, uh, other slip lining technologies. Um, and again, that's sort of the benefit of having a flexible liner like Primus line. So we come to the job site. You see the spool that's on there. We've prepped the job site. We've cut into the hose pipe. Um, Our footprint, as mentioned, is much smaller than than other conventional slip lining technologies because our liner can be pulled in at a 90 degree bend, inserted at a 90 degree bend. When we pull out at the target pit on the other side, we typically like to be between zero and 10 degrees. So that might be a little bit elongated, but typically we need about five feet of actual workspace inside the pit um, between the end cuts of the pipe, of the host pipe. Um, so then you're gonna need two feet, two feet beyond that. So you're talking about nine-foot diameter pipe by about four foot wide uh, pit, typically is what you see for our access pits. So the liner's pulled in. Uh, we're going to do a CCTV inspection uh, to establish the condition of the hose pipe. Then you're going to do the cleaning. And for, you know, cast iron pipes, which it makes up a good majority of the pipe air with its ductile or cast, it's going to be cleaned with a scraper and we put squeegees in behind that. One and, and everybody's familiar. Most people in the industry are familiar with that. You don't have to do it that way. You can jet the line or pig the line. There's there's a lot of different ways to accomplish it. Um our requirement means that uh for the cleaning the hose pipe doesn't have to be perfectly clean we're not getting down to bare metal our main concern is that there's nothing in the line that can damage the liner as we're pulling it in and you see we use a pulling head there you don't always re- aren't aren't always required to have a pulling head sometimes just a steel rope so you're seeing there the insertion of the of the pigs to inflate the line the line's been inflated it goes back to that round shape and you're putting on the connectors and at this point you know it kind of brings i'm going to pause it right here so why we call it a connector is you can see that the host pipe has a flange placed on there and it's typically uh, you know a, a 150 ansi flange um so it's a standard flange using a multi joint adapter um you can accomplish that or you can weld the flange on there But whatever the case may be, we're going to bolt up to that flange with our connector. So you have the outer sleeve, which is this portion right here in white, and then this blue flange bolts back to the hose pipe. The liner is then pulled in. We re-round it. So with Kevlar, which has about five times greater tensile property than steel, it can only get to that round roundest OD that we advertise and can't simply can't go anymore. There's no saturation of that line. So it's our liner. I don't want to confuse it with other technologies that might be out there and uh, act like a bladder, for example, and we'll expand to the hose pipe. We're not tight fit. We're intentionally undersized. We want to stand off of the hose pipe. So we're not transferring any energy back to the hose pipe, whether it's water hammer, whether it's uh, you know any of these dynamic forces or movement if you're on a bridge, your your, your host pipe is going to be subjected to axial forces, longitudinal forces. All these things aren't going to affect our liner. We can accommodate them very easily and do do all the time. So uh, in fact, there's applications in Italy, for example, they use our liner specifically for seismic upgrading of existing lines um and that was in trenchless technology a couple years ago big article on that interesting um and that's on our website so um seismic upgrading is is a huge application for us anywhere there's a lot of movement of the hose pipe and you're concerned about you know um, cracking shear force any of these things really don't impact really don't impact our liner significantly so um but back to the connector so why ours, again, why ours is important, we use uh, the, the stopper, right, inside stopper, we inflate that, blow it up, and we, we basically reround round it to the inside of this sleeve. At that point, we're putting in our core, and the tolerances here are very, very tight. So we're placing in this core, we're restraining it with some come-alongs, so you're making sure that it doesn't move. Uh, we we have a two-part epoxy resin that we'll inject. And you can see there's a slight void that's manufactured into this core. So the two-part epoxy resin that we use in this process never comes into contact with our liner. And that's important, that's an important distinction. This becomes a mechanical lock. So you'll see that there's a relief cut into this, this core piece. So what's going to happen, we're going to use a high-pressure hydraulic pump forcing a hydraulic cylinder to press this mixed epoxy into that void. And what's going to happen is it's going to crimp the liner in between and seal it in between the core and the sleeve, and then it's going to cure in six hours. In six hours, once it's cured, it's ready for pressure, and that's good for about 1,000 PSI. I mean, it's it's that's never going to fail, and it's never going to come off. Um, it's so it was designed for gas applications. So as you can see, we're using that high pressure pump to ins- insert inject the epoxy. That epoxy is pushed in under about a, over twelve hundred psi, so it's actually deforming the metal, reshaping it, crimping it. So that is now ready to go after six hours. That can be pressure tested and put back in service. Once that's done, you're ready to put your spool piece. You've done your, your hydrostatic test, uh, you've done all your, your testing, um, you've passed your test, and you've passed your, you know, um, for this, you don't have to worry about bacteria, but you're gonna put that back into service and it'll be operational in six hours so in certain instances we'll have like on sewer force mains you have air release valves at the at the high points right so what we'll do is we can actually pull and usually sewer force mains tend to be longer runs so we can pull up to eight thousand feet of liner in at one time typically when you have the high points of the sewer force mains we have the air release valves uh when you're rehabbing the lines it's it's my experience's been pretty typical that they'll replace the air release valves and put in new ones anyhow so we'll take those air release valves out remove them out of the out of the equation and then we'll just pull straight through that section okay and then we cut back our liner put those end connectors on because anywhere you terminate our liner you have to use that type of end connector
0: understood so as far as diameter of lines you know obviously you can go long runs it almost sounds like it's unlimited how about the the diameter of the line itself
1: so we're we're in a range of six inch up to 20 inch now when you get to larger diameter man uh uh sewer force mains it is possible we have done it we we've done it all over the world we've done it in the us now so we've done multiple lines in a single line. So the capability is a Primus line. So I have, you know, we've been, so we developed this technology, we own the manufacturing of the technology. We have a uh, basically a mechanical engineering shop back in Germany. So we manufacture all the parts and pieces here, you know, our connectors, so we can custom manufacture a manifold, right? For multiple lines, when, when it works, when it's appropriate, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always work. Oftentimes, with sewer force mains, people can live with the, you know, a reduction in the flow. If it's an increased uh, use of pump, whatever the case may be. But what we do for sewer force main applications is is to make sure that they run properly. We have a checklist that the owner and engineer will go through. Making sure there's a non-return valve at the bottom, right? So as the as the pump comes on, we want to maintain a, a full flow in the line at all times. So anywhere you're coming up where a you have a transition to gravity sewer, for example, we want to make sure that that our pipe stops before that transition, if that makes sense.
0: hmm Okay. All right. So now are you strictly the manufacturer or do you also do the installation?
1: so in in Europe we actually do do installations we have crews that do the installations right so we've we've pioneered the the technology we've mastered the installation um but in the United States we have partners that we okay. that we work with so and it, and it makes sense like you said at the beginning you know we we don't feel like we're we're a silver bull we could solve everyone's problem I wish we could that'd be great but we we simply can't Right. And we understand where the applications are and we have no interest in in selling a product for an application that doesn't make sense, either financially or, you know, physically, um, fundamentally for uh, an operator. Um, So if you look at some of the, you know, some of the the work that's gone into or an ISO company as well. um, And, you know, so our installation manual is incredible are, you know, part of the closeout documentation that we give to the owners is an operations manual, right? So we give a five year warranty with, uh, you know, with every single installation. Um, And that's part of our, our partnership, the CSPs in the in the US and, and what we did earlier this year is partner up with uh, a company called MTC. So they're part of AGEON, And we the biggest Hurdle, one of the biggest hurdles we had here was not being able to get material in the United States quick enough for it to be practical so for example we did a we did a, a, a project up in Montana it was a six inch sewer force main running through a river and it had been leaking and so the contractor was racking his brain they had divers and they were trying to put bands on the outside of the pipe and there was still the sewage, raw sewage was flowing into this the salmon river right so you, you couldn't have it it was a it was a real problem so I got a call on a Sunday afternoon and the contractor said to me do you have um it was 800 feet of six inch liner in the U.S. and I said well we don't stock anything in the U.S. back at the time we didn't and I said but one of the contractors might have some and he was in Connecticut he'd done a big project in Connecticut And he had the extra liner with the two connectors. And so I put those two together. They had the discussion because you need to be a certified installer. They weren't, but they knew about the technology. And this was a real emergency and they needed a solution right away. They couldn't wait eight weeks or 10 weeks, whatever it would take to get from Germany. They simply couldn't wait. And and I understood that. So they actually flew now that night they they talked and they flew there one of their guys to connecticut they rented a truck picked up the material drove it to the job site in montana um and they flew a uh, kind of the contractor from connecticut flew there and they actually installed that line and it was done in one day wow so had the phone call on sunday that line was up operational leak free um by I want to say wednesday so it was really sort of an amazing outcome and it it exemplified why we needed to have material on the ground in the u.s because you can do things that quickly and we do a lot of bridge jobs uh you know one of our csps jay fletcher kramer for example does a lot of work up in new jersey on bridges you know they have lines that are you know photo water lines uh that have and because of the freeze and thaw and the uh, and, uh, heavy traffic on the bridges, um, the lines have failed uh, and they've been rehabilitated with other technology and they still fail because of the movement and it's a rigid pipe bonding to the host. So if you're bonding to the host pipe, as goes the host pipe, so must go whatever's bonded to it, right? So if it can't can't handle that movement, it becomes a problem. So, uh for us, it's not an issue for us at all. so um yeah the the applications keep on growing. We've had you know uh vertical applications in excess of nine hundred feet um so all these applications are you know our engineers love to get their heads wrapped around these exciting challenges. Everyone gets bored kind of doing the same thing over and over. Again.
0: <laughs> well, John, I want to thank you for coming on the show and you know giving us a. I guess, what would you call this Kevlar? How do you, how do you describe this line? Kind of a one hundred and one. I mean, it's not CIPP, it's not slip lining. What I guess it's a trenchless. It's a form of trenchless technology. Right. But what would be yeah, the right. best way if you were to give a term to it or uh
1: so so? I mean, we call it mostly most of the time. We call it you know Primus line, right? Just for right. Primus line and thing. But but so a generic term for this would be. A flexible fabric, fabric reinforced pipe, right? Okay. FFRP. So right. that's the okay. that's sort of the generic distinction of it, of the terminology. But but again, you know, we have um, you know the, the the important distinction to remember is that we're a Kevlar liner, and and really all the strength, all of the product's capabilities are derived from that from the connectors and the Kevlar weave, and that's what sets us apart.
0: So it cures then in the line, correct? No, there's no, no, there's no
1: curing. And that's, that's, it's all about risk mitigation. When, okay. when engineers understand our technology and they, once they get their heads wrapped around it and they say, oh, wait a minute, I'm not building a pipe in the ground, that pipe is already made. I'm simply using air to, to inflate it, go back to round shape. That's all they're doing. There's no cure. It's already done. That's why we can turn around the project so quickly.
0: Okay, so once that pipe it, it's inserted, that liner is inserted, and then it's inflated yep. to that round shape. Yes. Not to sound silly or dumb here, but yep. what makes it stay inflated? You can't keep the air pumping in there.
1: Right, right. So, so we're we're still pressure applications like for sewer force mains, and and that's why we use the the non-return valve at the end by okay. the pumps. So what we'd want to do is maintain at least a full flow in the liner right okay so but it's it, the
0: actual flow of the line itself because correct. it's a pressure line that yep. actually keep got it thank you yep. thank you thank you yep. it you're welcome, a, yeah
1: it's a legitimate it's a legitimate question it's in trying to, going through the process of understanding i get no, it's the right.
0: pressure is it because i could see how it would do it underwater i see with gas but it was so, okay, gotcha.
1: But still, not still, just so, you know, so you didn't understand. And, and some people, you know, think of this as just sort of like, a, you know, glorified, glorified lay flat pipe, and it's not, right? So we'll still maintain a round shape, even if there's nothing in the pipe. So if the pipe runs empty, that pipe, our pipe will still stay round. It's not designed to handle any exterior structural loading. Your hose pipe is still taking that on. So, but but the, the important distinction to remember here is like for a sewer force main, right? You're going to have interior corrosion. And that's what's causing these pinhole leaks and everything else from the H2S gas. And so that's getting, that's building up in the line. So as we design, right, these things, we're actually removing that from the equation. Because there's not going to be any air trapped except at the air release valve. It's going to be a full flow the whole way. So we're taking on all that scour and abrasion that would be fully, you know, further degrading the pipe. We're halting that process. So essentially, we're freezing that pipe essentially in time or we're, we're slowly halting the process of degradation significantly. So we design, we have a 50-year design life is for our pipe. Yeah, I was going to so, ask you that. Okay. Yep. 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 So when we talk to pipe owners, asset managers, and asset owners, we, yeah, we, we, we explain to them, you know, when we, it's, it's a, it's a partnership and, and you need to understand the conditions and, and things that are causing. And we ask the question, what's causing, what problems do you have that we're trying to solve? Is it share breaks? Is it, you know, longitudinal fracturing? What, what's going on? So helping them understand AC pipes, um, we do a lot of AC pipes in the U S. Um, that's, uh, we see a significant amount of that. Um, and so the host pipe at the end of the day, the material is irrelevant to us. We don't really, doesn't, we don't care what it is. It just, if it's going to be a liner that we're if a line that we're aligning, we want to make sure that's got, uh, in touch, you know, um, uh, structural stability, right. Some, some uh some some life left in that uh but you know people say well what's going to happen is that pipe going to just you know eventually disappear what are you going to be left with well the reality of it is if it's cast iron we have see cast iron lines from the 1880s that you know still look better than pipes from the 70s so Mm -hmm. um it, it all has to do with uh with that's why every job is unique we go through with the with and and we're the first ones to say if this isn't right, we're not the right application for sure.
0: Well, John, thank you. This has been fascinating. Learn something new every day. I, I'm so glad you came on the show. One more thing that I know about that it, it, it it's really, really interesting. And I Good. like how, you know, the manufacturer has seen, all right, we started out here with this one application, but wow, how we could extend ourselves to be a solution. Right and that you know like we were saying earlier there's not one magic silver bullet but it seems like this is something that has great promise and can be a solution in those really tough spots when other trenchless technologies just not because they're not good but just this right. weren't designed for the right for that application. application and right, you know correct. infrastructure infrastructure is probably as variable as Fingerprints in human beings, you know, like correct. no two systems exactly. are exactly so. Yep. Again, John, thank you for coming on the show. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about this, you can visit the Primus Line website, which is P R I M U S L I N E dot com. Correct, John?
1: That's correct. That's yep.
0: correct. And I would encourage you to connect with John on LinkedIn, and that is John Moody, M O O D Y, with Primus Line. And again, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And until next time, keep it flowing.
1: Take care, everybody. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for joining me, the doo doo diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment, or trench lists, you've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting Calendly.com forward slash the Tuit Group forward slash B-A-podcast-guest or Simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week, a big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be, you are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.